Thanks, mate. It's great to be here, and thank you very much for welcoming me into your living rooms. There you are, sitting around in your jammies and your slippers, eating some soggy wheat bix and sipping on coffee. It's fantastic to be here, and the Word of God uh, means just as much to us in our living rooms as it does anywhere else. I want to speak today from 1 Peter 4, 1 to 11. So if you grab your Bibles and I'll read those verses to us. I'm reading from the NIV. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing and detestable idolatry. They're surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. But they'll have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power for ever and ever. Amen. Now we're continuing on with this series in uh, in First Peter, and it's been a great series. I've been uh, watching the, the sermons um, on uh, on video, and uh, have been impressed with the with the level of teaching uh, as we go through this most important letter in the New Testament. Uh, we're con- going to continue with that series this morning, and uh, we're reminded that uh, that Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends, and so what he what he says, you really need to sit up and pay attention. Because this is this is from the heart of Jesus, and this is what Peter is uh, is is teaching us and writing to us. Uh, he's a leader in the global church of that particular time, and he's writing, uh, as we saw over in uh, chapter one, verse one. He's writing to the temporary residents. Now that's from the Holman translation, but it's a good rendition of the Greek, uh, where he's saying that uh, you are a, a temporary. You're, you're residing in the world but you're just passing through. And so how do you live as people who are residing in the world and yet just passing through? And uh, he also says in chapter 1, as you remember, that um, that these people are dispersed, they're, they're scattered across the Mediterranean world. And so in many ways they weren't able to meet together and, and they've got questions. They've got questions about how are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to live as faithful followers of Jesus when we're scattered all over the place? 
Now, some of them were leaderless. Some of them didn't have places where they could safely meet. And so, you know, the world was, was going crazy. We think our world's gone crazy with uh, COVID-19 stuff. And, and, and for many people, it, it has. It's, it's really hard to bear for a lot of people. But their world was really hard to bear as well. And, uh, and, and Peter is writing to them and, and really, um, they're asking the question, how do we live faithfully as Jesus people, uh, when we're scattered all around the place into a world that persecutes us and just won't let up? You know, they're just not letting up on the persecution. It's really tough day to day. So how do we actually live in this type of world and yet remain faithful to following Jesus. And so Peter's actually been addressing those questions across the first three chapters of this book. And now he comes to chapter 4. And so let's have a look at what he's saying in these first 11 verses of chapter 4. Uh, let's do some reflection on that. Uh, let's see if what he says matches with what Jesus taught, because that's an all-important question for us. Uh, and then let's seek to apply the teaching from these verses to our lives today and so the, the the first thing is to say all right peter what are you actually saying what are you actually saying to the dispersed tribes to the dispersed people around the world what are you saying here in these verses well he starts off in verse one by affirming that christ has suffered physically and and he's basically using that as a motivating tool he's saying let that motivate you to be resolved to be like him make up your mind have the attitude that Christ has been through this Christ has suffered physically we're suffering physically because of the persecution that's going on and we don't like it and it's nasty stuff but let's be motivated to faithfulness by the fact that we know that Christ has been through this this is nothing nothing new and, uh, and, and he says, in, in that resolution to be like him, you'll be finished with sin. You'll be finished with doing evil. You'll be finished to the stuff that actually opposes God's will for you. That you will live no longer for human desires, but you will live for God's will. If you're motivated in the midst of the suffering that you're going through and in the midst of all of the persecution and so forth, if you're motivated by the fact that Jesus has been there and done that, then you'll be motivated to give up sin and to live uh, for God's will rather than human desires. And that's how he starts off. And it's actually, you know, Peter uh, is, talks a lot about holiness, uh, the idea of being holy unto God and, and, and being like God because God is holy. And, and this is basically a call to be different uh, in the world. You know, we're immersed into the world and he's not calling us out of the world, but he's saying that when you're in the world, immersed into all of it, live differently think differently see things differently and he says in that light he says don't choose what the pagans choose to do now i i, I don't like that translation of pagans you know it's it's not really a good translation of the word ethnos which is the greek word which really means nations and 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 so he's saying you know you're a community of people then you're living amongst the nations but don't choose to do what the nations tend to do in moving away from God, the ethnos. Uh, they, they, they choose such things as unrestrained behavior. I like that translation of it, unrestrained behavior. 
Are they true such things as fulfilling their evil desires, like drunkenness, for instance, and orgies, um, and, uh, and, and carousing and lawless idolatry? These are the sorts of things that actually uh, lie at the root of a lot of the problems in the nations. These very people who are persecuting you are into all this sort of stuff. And what you need to do is you need to choose to be different. You see, he's not calling them out of the world. He's calling them to be in the world, choosing differently. (laughs) And he says, actually, it's going to cause more suffering. (laughs) It's going to cause the people who are living this way uh, to look at you and to say, you know, what on earth are you doing? Why are you living that way? And so it's not going to solve the persecution stuff, which is really interesting, isn't it? Because one of the questions I'm sure that the the church has had around the nations was, how do we stop the persecution? <laughs> that sure, sure would have been one of my questions, anyway. You know, how do we stop the suffering? How, how, how do we how do we get out of this? And Peter's actually saying, well, actually, you, you got to realize that Christ has been through this, that Christ suffered, and the church is going to suffer because that's the words of Jesus. And, uh, and, and you need to choose differently and act in ways that actually might increase the persecution. So it's not, a, he wouldn't have gotten an Apostle of the Year award for some of this stuff that he's saying. Um, and, and he's actually uh, calling the, the, the church to an ethic of difference, which is exactly what Jesus did. But we'll get into that in a minute. Um, he he uh, talks about um, that the, the, the people in the nations will be surprised when you live differently and they'll slander you. Now, now the good news is that, that he's being a bit negative there because some people who are also affected by the debauchery and the evil and, 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 and the orgies and the drunkenness because they're, you know, think of families, for instance, families that are separated in, in, in this day and age because of these things. There are some people that suffer. And, and, and when there's a... A, a ray of hope and a ray of, of, of light that comes into a social situation like this. Some people would say, oh, about time, you know, there's a, there's a community of people who live differently. Isn't that wonderful? But Peter's choosing not to concentrate on that. He's concentrating on the people who are actually doing the drunkenness and the orgies and all the rest of it. And they're going to be put to shame by different behavior. And so they're going to slander them. They're going to, um, um, um suggest that they're crazy. But Peter says they're going to have to give account of themselves before God. And he says that the gospel story enables life in the spiritual realm, no matter what people here and now say about us. So he's basically saying to the church, live this ethic of difference. Uh, No matter what other people are going to say about you, live this ethic of difference because this is what the gospel empowers. Now the second part of this passage is an interesting one because it comes out of Peter's belief that uh, they were living in the end times. Now how many times have we heard that across (laughs) different stages of history? We're living in the end times and a lot of people are saying that about today. I wouldn't have a clue to tell you the truth but uh, some people are saying well we're definitely living in the end times. Now Peter believed that. He believed they were living in the end times and he's actually writing to people who I reckon hoped that they were living in the end times how do we stop the persecution jesus comes back <laughs> I, I i reckon when we're, we're living in uh, in persecution and suffering uh, and, and and things are just not going right it becomes more a hope more a real hope that jesus is coming back real soon 
you know for me i'm i'm not living that sort of life i i like my life i enjoy uh i'm, I'm being one of god's people in in australia today sure there's little hardships along the way but basically i like it so my focus is not to tell you the truth it's not on jesus returning my focus is on living faithfully today and and, and tomorrow and and next year you know that's that's where i'm at but for these people they were suffering badly and and uh, and Peter's saying, look, you know, we're, the the end of all things is near. In verse seven, is is what he says. So he continues in the light of that. He continues this theme of what I call holiness unwrapped. <laughs> I, I think First uh, uh, Peter is is a book that deals with ho- the unwrapping of holiness. This is what it really looks like. This is how we should live within a context of end time philosophy that's that's what he's writing and he says in that context he says first of all be serious now you know that doesn't sit real well with people who like a joke does it you know be serious but actually the word serious means be of sound mind or if you like think properly you know get your act together as far as your thoughts are concerned think properly sober minded is is another translation of it and he says you need to be disciplined for prayer. Disciplined for prayer. Thanks for your emphasis on, on prayer just earlier on. Um, you, you need to discipline yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but, but prayer is a discipline for me. Prayer, prayer doesn't come easily. It doesn't come naturally. And a good challenge, you know, what did we pray for over the last few days? When I heard you say that, um, I was thinking about my prayers and, you know, pretty lacking, to tell you the truth, you know, a long couple of themes. Um, and and, uh, and and he says, you know, you need to be disciplined for prayer. And so we, we do discipline ourselves, but in the midst of the hard times, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of things going in ways that we wish they weren't going, uh, prayer is one of the most important disciplines. And that's what he says. Keep your thinking straight and well-tuned. Uh, secondly, he, he says, be loving. And he, he says that our love needs to be maintained. Now, it's one thing to fall in love. It's quite another to maintain that love. You know, any good relationship, any good friendship, any good marriage uh, is not just a falling in love or coming to like the person, but it's maintaining that. And that takes work and, and, and it takes effort and it takes um, a whole lot of understanding and so forth. And he's saying maintain the love, keep it going, and that it should be intense. And the word translated intense literally means without ceasing. So it doesn't stop. Just because you're going through hard times, it doesn't stop. Now remember in this context that uh, Jesus told us to not only love one another and not only love our neighbours, but to love our enemies. And so when he's talking about, when first Peter, when, when Peter is talking in this letter about maintaining your love and uh, without ceasing, He's including enemies in this. If he's been true to the teaching of Jesus, and I believe he is, he's including enemies. So the very people who are persecuting you, keep on loving them. That's tough yakka, isn't it? Now that is is a really tough thing to do. And then he says um, that uh, our love covers over a whole heap of sins. That's pretty heavy, especially when you think of the sins that they're suffering at the moment includes the persecution and the pain and the stuff that they're saying hey how do we get out of this Peter is saying you need to be forgiving because covering over sins is actually all about forgiveness and so Peter is saying that in the midst of the suffering and in the midst of the hard times that you're going through you need to keep on loving 
uh, and, and the word is agape, so it's that unconditional love for other people, and you need to keep on forgiving. It's pretty heavy. The next thing he says, be hospitable. So how do we live? How do we live in these, in these times? Oh, it's the end times. But how do we live? Well, he says, be hospitable. And you know what? The, um, the, the word that's translated hospitable could be paraphrased as be fond of guests. Be fond of guests. Welcome people into your life. Welcome people into your house. Do you know how dangerous that would be? Uh, living in a, in a city where persecution and suffering is going on. And you're, you're fond of guests. You know, people come into town and you welcome them into your home. And they turn out to be people who wish you, that, that you would suffer, <laughs> uh, that, that would persecute you and, and, and cause you to suffer. But he says, continue to be hospitable, uh, to one another and, uh, and, and without complaining. And, and the word that's translated one another is more inclusive than just a, of, of the followers of Jesus. It's a word that, that is more inclusive. It includes, uh, neighbors and, and, and others. And so it's the uh, hospitality of the church towards uh, one another and, and, and towards the world. And then he says, and serve others. Uh, use your giftedness. Uh, manage the grace of God really well. Um, and, and he gives an example of that when he says, uh, if, if, if you speak, speak God's words. If you're speaking, make sure that it's God's words into this situation. In the midst of suffering and in the midst of persecution, it would be real easy, I reckon, to fall into slander, to fall into to, to ugly words, to mean words. And he, he's saying, if you're going to speak, if you're going to speak to other people, uh, use God's words. Make sure that uh, it, it, it's, it's God's perspective that you're bringing into this. Now, that links back into how he started out this little passage with, be serious. Be sober-minded. Think properly. You see, the call of holiness is to think as God thinks. The call of holiness to be like God, to 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 develop the character of God within us, is to th- see things from God's perspective. And so, when when He says and speak God's word, He's saying that you need to understand the perspective of God. How is God seeing this? And God is seeing this in in terms of love and forgiveness and service and hospitality so the words that you speak are words uh, that fit that perspective God's the way that God is seeing things and then lastly he says and do this in God's strength it's his enablement and that that is the only way that this can happen in the context uh, that Peter is writing to in all of this God will be glorified. In other words, God's true nature uh, will be known uh, to others. Well, let's think about these things. That's what Peter is saying to his audience. He's unwrapping holiness, and this is what it looks like in a hostile environment. Essentially, what Peter is saying here is that uh, uh, you stop the evil and practice the good, uh, no matter what's going on around you. That, that's the basic message. Stop the evil, practice the good, no matter what's going on around you. I really like the translation of arm yourself with the same attitude or resolve that saw Jesus through all the suffering. Arm yourself with the same attitude. 
So when we look back at Jesus, what enabled him to endure the suffering all the way to the cross? Uh, well, it was the knowledge that this is what God is doing. This is the perspective of God. And he had, he, he knew uh, God's perspective on these things. And he was able to look ahead, as Hebrews tells us, uh, to, uh, to life beyond the cross and to what was going to happen because of the cross. And so we arm ourselves with that same attitude. And Paul says in Philippians that that attitude is one of humility, approaching life with humility, that resolve. And so he's saying that we're to be enabled by a deep resolve to be like Jesus. And that helps us uh, to be different. Even though we might get slandered, even though we might get rubbished and, 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 and have to suffer for the way that we live, uh, Peter is saying we're enabled by a deep resolve to be like Jesus. Now just take a moment to reflect on that. That's that's, that's really important, isn't it? Uh, To the the idea of what is my deepest resolve, you know? We talk about New Year's resolutions. What about every day (laughs) having, having a resolution? I am deeply resolved to be like Jesus. I reckon that's a great challenge for all of us. No matter what the day brings... I'm resolved I'm going to be like Jesus. Um, In this passage, evil is really well described. And um, in the Holman's translation, which I like very much, um, it it, uh, translates it as carrying on in unrestrained behavior. Uh, Nothing is holding us back. And plunging into the same flood of wild living. (laughs) That's... That's a pretty good translation of it. Plunging into the same flood of wild living. And, uh, and the Passion Translation, which is a, a newer translation, uh, says that the answer is to be consumed with what brings pleasure to God. You know, that's translating that idea of resolved to being like Jesus. To be consumed with what brings pleasure to God. It's a great resolution, isn't it, that today, I'm going to be consumed by, I'm going to be driven by, I'm going to be motivated deeply by whatever brings pleasure to God. And at the end of the day, you know, hearing those words, well done, a good and faithful servant, on a daily basis, you've done what pleases me, well done. It's a great resolution to have. And that's, that's the idea of holiness. And that's what Peter is saying uh, to these people locked away in suffering when when people believe that they're living in the end times uh, that Christ's return is coming soon uh, there can be a tendency to put life on hold uh, we're just going to sit it out in fact Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel fame but much more recently than than those albums in a, in a recent song called Everything About It Is A Love Song he reflects on uh, going back to the 20th century and if I ever get back to the 20th century I'm going to have to pay off some debts he says and then um, and, and he, he says um, what it's all about is I'm going to learn to sit down shut up think about God and wait for the hour of my rescue uh, I'm not sure all of the uh, um, meaning of what Paul Simon is saying there but I do recognize an attitude that oftentimes uh, people uh, can have uh, towards the end times that I'm just going to sit down I'm going to shut up I'm going to think about God and just wait for his return uh, Peter is not saying that 
Peter here is calling them to a radical lifestyle of love, forgiveness, hospitality and service uh, through all the things that are happening because it's through these things that God's true self will be made known. And so whether it's the end times or not, and of course it proved not to be the end times, but whether it's the end times or not, Peter is saying, don't get hung up on that. Whatever you do, don't sit down, shut up and wait for God to return. Stay active, stay loving, stay forgiving, stay hospitable, keep on serving, whether Jesus is coming tomorrow or not. And that's what Peter is calling them to do. Is this true to Jesus' teaching? You better believe it. He's the supreme example of the holiness that Peter is referring to. He was consumed by what pleased the Father, and he never veered from it. He also didn't get bogged down in end-time philosophy, to tell you the truth. He shrugged it off by saying he didn't know when it would happen. But he was adamant that his followers must live faithfully in expressions of love to everyone, including enemies, so that God is glorified. This is how he lived, and this is what he calls his followers to live like as well. And so when Peter is teaching here about the call to holiness and the call to be consumed by love for God and and, and to, even if it's the end times or not, to keep on living faithfully, he's in line with what Jesus taught about holiness and about faithfulness and about perseverance. So what? What does this mean for us? We know we, we can easily get caught up in a theology of us escapism, um, of sanctification through non-involvement. Uh, this, uh, this can be via an end-timed emphasis of the end is nigh, it's coming, and so we'll just sit and wait it out. Or it can be via an escape uh, into our worlds of church and religion, as a kind of separation holiness that I'm going to be, I'm going to remain faithful uh, to Jesus by being separated and withdrawn. The world is so bad and it's so influential and it's so easy to get caught up in the world stuff that we just won't have anything to do with it. Uh, but Peter is here telling us that such withdrawal is not an option. It's not an option. That's not how to do it, he's saying. While we wait for Christ's return, we are to be faithfully involved with one another and in the world around us, choosing to live differently in love and forgiveness, serving and managing God's grace really well. Our messed up world has nowhere to turn. Isn't that the reality of it? The world in which we're living, increasingly around the world, things are going crazy and people don't have anywhere to turn. You know, what's coming? What, what, where's the saviour <laughs> for, for, for this world? What's gonna, what, what's gonna cause us to be able to come out of this? And people are saying, what's the new norm and, 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 and where, what, what are we gonna be like? You know, when COVID-19's over and it's a new world and so forth. People are grasping at straws and looking for new leadership and blaming old leadership and all the rest of it. And yet deep inside, what they're actually calling out for, even though they may not know it themselves, what they're calling out for is live what you believe. 
Church, followers of Jesus, live what you believe. Don't withdraw from us. We need you. As I say, they may not realize that that's what they're saying. But that is what they're saying. And all the words about we need an ethic of difference. We need to be different towards one another. And that's what Peter is saying, that in the midst of all of the suffering and all of the craziness, you need to live as God's people of love and forgiveness and grace and hospitality and keep on being involved. Our messed up world has nowhere to turn and it's crying out to us to please live what we preach. Let's do that. Thanks for listening.